We're gonna make you swim out of here in your own blood, bitch. This is Diatribe. Hey, ladies. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Caleb. This is Diatribe. Uh, okay. Okay, look, I'm just gonna be real. I've been awake, like, 36 hours at this point. I am so sick of being indoors. I don't even think that I'm sick of being indoors anymore. I feel like it's it's been, like, unhealthy for a while now. Not just because, like, I'm eating microwavable. I'm eating this... I've eaten so many of these shitty, like, microwavable pizza in a cup. A couple of hours ago, I drank something called... <laughs> What even is this? I went to the 24-hour convenience store on the corner, bought a 200-milliliter bottle of something called labeled Finest German Sparkling Wine Product. If that doesn't sound like the classiest thing you've ever heard of in your life, let me... I left out the fact that it is lime-flavored. So that's my life. So I guess the quarantine life is just starting to hit Americans, which I mean, that's cute for you. Complaining of three days being at home. Sis, it's been a smooth three weeks now. It's not another month. And I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, I we're still getting paid, so <laughs> I should love this. But yeah, as I mentioned on the show, I am an English teacher here in Korea. And we haven't started our school year yet. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess this means the winter vacation is just gonna carry on for like another month. Until today, I heard like, what on the street is that? I don't know if this is going to change by the time this episode is out, but like, the school closure may be extended and I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to feel like unsafe. This podcast is going to go, I don't even know. I'm going to look back on this 10 weeks from now when we're all living under like rubble. <laughs> Clutching onto our like prized four or five sheets of toilet paper. <laughs> and I'm going to be looking back in the episodes of the show just like looking at how my psyche unraveled I mean what do you do besides like shop online which by the way that is way too easy so at this point I've bought a makeup primer I don't even wear makeup but I saw like the most outstanding reviews for this silicone primer by The Ordinary I don't know if you've heard of them and I was like wow these are some of the best reviews I've ever seen. I, I'm just going to purchase this product and I purchased this product and I, it arrived and I used it once and I was just like, okay, now what? I ordered a ring light, which arrived today. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with that. I mean, it's not like, <laughs> this isn't a video podcast. I mean, what am I going to do? Take a couple of selfies and then try and find a place to hide this product and along with it, my shame in my shoebox apartment. I bought... This one I'm pretty excited about. The Anastasia Dip Brow Eyebrow Pomade. Am I saying that right? I think I am. So at the time I'm recording this, just like, I don't know, within the last 24 hours-ish, the news came out of, I mean, Cyril, Cyril Ramaphosa, the, you know, president of South Africa, my home country, hey. Uh, and like, schools are going to close. They're not letting foreign nationals in from, like, red zones. So I heard that and I was like, oh, okay. Guess they're getting what we've been had for almost a month at this point. 
And this is just starting to worry me at this point, because I mean, like, I don't want to turn this into like a what you need to know about COVID-19. Because what I can speak to is that I really feel like I'm losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is just, I mean, I was pretty sure that this was going to be a cute six weeks that we would look back on like, oh my gosh, can you believe that happened? Now I'm like, I'm in a foreign country. This is a worldwide phenomenon. And for all intents and for all intensive purposes, I'm alone in this apartment and it doesn't look like it's getting much safer to go outside. I mean, really, this podcast is going to become a chronicle of my mental unraveling. Um, I think I'll know I've crossed over when I start ending the episodes with like, good night and good luck. I mean, what are you going to do, right? I think I'm going to do like... I'm going to be that bitch and do it like an Instagram live video or, and like, I don't know, try and do like a mukbang. You know, mukbang is those things. I mean, the Korean thing where you like sit in front of a camera and eat food alone in, or in a group, I guess. After that, I'm like shit out of ideas. I've cleaned. I've binge watched comedy specials on Netflix. I've tweezed my eyebrows within an inch of their lives. Well, I haven't, but I mean, stay tuned. Still alive, but I'm barely breathing. Anyway, speaking of airborne sicknesses, that leads very well into the headlines this week. Okay, hold on to your AirPods because James Charles is threatening to release music. I don't want to voice shame anybody, but can you imagine what that can you imagine what our favorite sister sounds like trying to hold a note? Anyway, he tweeted in the past week that <sighs> it was a very carefully worded tweet about like having his first recording, I mean songwriting session. But doesn't specify whether he wrote this or whether he was doing the writing or not. And I guess we should be grateful. You know, if he's not writing this, but... Sis said, a bop is coming our way. Now, what you won't do. This is not a bop. Whatever it is, that's not what this is. That's not, that's not, that's not what this is. And I'm not, like, against people taking, like, a stab at music. Lindsay Lohan has not sung a single note. She's she's released two albums. Like, Lindsay Lohan has released two full-length studio albums, and she's never carried a single note in her entire life. And I will concede that she has had, that she has had bops. James Charles will have an audio recording. <laughs> he will have his voice mixed in together with some instrumentation. What you will not have, my good sis, is a bop. You just, you just don't have it. Whatever it is, whatever you're working on, it's just, it's not going to go off. I can tell you that. And I mean, like, I was thinking, like, I don't know, maybe this isn't, maybe it's not for me. But then, like, who is this for? Who could it be for? I mean, it's not going to be for, I mean, gay guys tend to have good taste. Which almost certainly this bop, this alleged bop will not be within. It's not for straight guys. That's for damn sure. I don't know, it's not going to be... For gay women, as far as I know, based on the tumblers that I've perused, gay women, music-wise, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're like, but they will be too busy, like, choking on Hayley Kyoko's strap-on. So I guess, like, teenage straight girls? Can you imagine being, like, the one of the most successful people doing what you're doing? Like, I mean, I know he's kind of trash, for like targeting, like trying to seduce straight men, and and I guess he was almost cancelled last year. But I mean, can you imagine? I mean, how much more successful can you really be doing what he's doing? And so, why would you try to switch lanes into recording music? 
Lexus, don't go chasing waterfalls. Look, I'm sure in the comfort of your bedroom, you like twerk the walls off to Ariana Grande, imagining you're like performing on stage. It doesn't mean you can have a recording career. You can't do everything you put your mind to. I know you were told otherwise, but quote me on that. Please don't release music. There is a single that is has been released that I won't be listening to, but I'm glad exists. Jojo, you know Jojo. Get out, parenthesis leave. Leave, get out, that Jojo. The Jamie Lee Spears of music has released a new single. I haven't heard it, but like, good for you, Jojo. I don't know, I kind of feel like bad. I kind of feel bad. Like, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to see, wants to hear like adult or like grown-up music. I mean, like no one wants to see Jamie Lee Spears go from Nickelodeon to starring in like an Oscar bait film. No one wants to see Mary J. Blige happy. And no one wants to listen to music from like a grown-up Jojo. That's just it. Sorry, sis, I guess you peaked in high school. There's something weird about her. Like, I mean, if you look at pictures of Jojo as like an adult, she looks like... (laughs) She looks like... If she were an actress, I bet she would be like typecast as the early 30s single mother who's like working two jobs, underpaid at both of them, who is like fighting off her seedy boss's dick. Just signed up for like a couple of classes at the community college. And, like, <laughs> despite her best efforts to do the best that she can for her family, like her, like the nice guy boyfriend steals her life savings, and I feel like, I don't know, maybe she should quit music and, like, I feel like she could do that. I mean, just, she's, look at her face. She's already, like, halfway there. Look at her face and tell me that you couldn't picture do, her doing that kind of role. I don't know, if they ever remake the movie 13, she could play the mother of Devon Rachel Wood. You know how everyone said that, like, Timmy Thick was... Look, if you don't know who Timmy Thick is, shame on you. But you know how everyone said that, like, joked about Timmy Thick being, like, a Harvard experiment? I feel like Jojo was, like, a let's see if this works. Because, I mean, there were, like, late teens or, like, legal adult pop stars who were talking about or, like, like alluding to fucking their boyfriends or like singing about heartbreak and growing up or whatever and then I I feel like she was like a record label experiment I mean I don't have any basis for this but in my mind Wendy Williams style in my mind I feel like she was cooked up by a record label exec being like tweens are having relationships with each other teens date and have like you know growing up experiences that are maybe not as intense but are comparable to like you know a 20-something, does that mean they could have music that is less intense but comparable to pop stars older than them? Like, could you have a song, could you have a pop star that spoke to the 12 to 15 audience the same way that, like, I don't know, a Britney Spears spoke to, like, someone 18 to 25? Because do you remember what, like, the Leave Get Out song was about? Or the, like, Too Little Too Late? Or that song that she did with Bow Wow, those are the only three songs that she ever did as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, they were all like very grown up. I trusted you. You're a liar. I'm so heartbroken. This is very much real. And I remember her saying in like an interview once, and I mean, don't quote me quoting her because I'm almost, I mean, I'm probably not getting this 100% right, but she was like, you know, people underestimate how intense things can get in middle school. (laughs) 
which makes me feel like JoJo's music from when she was popular was for, you know, those really dramatic tweens who are in these fake intense relationships <laughs> who would post online like the she believed he lied. <laughs> She's broken. He's okay. Or like a moody selfie with a caption when you have to see when you see him move on as the man you taught him to be. And they're like 12 years old. Like, if you don't go to your 12, <laughs> don't you have like an eighth grade maths class to fail? <laughs> to continue failing? Social distancing. Social distancing. Okay, so basically everyone's, every millennial's wet dream, but make it mandatory. Strongly encouraged. So I mean, like, we all talk about, oh, it's, Great to have plans cancelled and, uh, if I could just be alone all the time. I guess until we're told that we shouldn't do it because, I mean, you see people covering, like, I've seen a few, like, American outlets covering the millennial age group talking about, well, millennials are still going out and going to bars and going to restaurants and not really caring about coronavirus. Which makes me think, like, I guess we weren't kidding when we said, like, you know, death isn't that bad. So I mean, like, if you're, if you are millennial age, if you are like 20 something, 30 something, this is not likely to like affect you that much. And I, pe I mean, people are trying to shame younger people into not going out because like, well, even if you might not have a bad time, you could pass it on to somebody else. And you don't want to be the person who like kills your grandmother, do you? So stay inside. And then I'm thinking, okay, that's, I guess that works if you live with people that you care about. And then I'm thinking like the expat community here. I mean, it's literally just you and your friends, right? And all of your friends are practically, uh, you know, within like a couple of years of your age. All your family is back home. Like all my family is in South Africa. The only people I know here are my age-ish. So if I want to go out and spread this disease around, I guess I can't be guilted into staying at home because it might affect somebody else. I mean, I guess just for, like, the general well-being of, like, mankind, but... Uh, I guess myself and the rest of the 20-somethings are riding the suicide ideation till the wheels fall off, because... No shade to anyone that's, like, going out on the weekend, but I checked my Instagram on the weekend, and there's, everyone is just, like, going out as normal, just, like, hanging out at bars, going to restaurants, and I'm just like, um, okay, so does it really... Are you really going to stay indoors all week and still go out on the weekends? That's like, that's like using protection all week, but then like going out on a Saturday without a condom. Like make it make sense. I mean, maybe we can shame people into, maybe we can shame the people who are still going out and not like giving a fuck about contracting or spreading this. I really want to make the term like social distance warrior a thing. Fucking snowflakes, Democrats, social distance warrior. I don't know, there's something there. Anyway, since this is like the biggest thing going on in the world, I'm just like, do you remember when Donald, do you remember when Trump was elected and there was suddenly all this music about like America and just being an American? Like Donald Glover, this is America. <sighs> just off the top of my head, RuPaul, the album was like American, I think. So does that mean we're going to have to look forward to, like, COVID-19 music? I don't know, I don't hate it. Who gives a fuck if Kylie Jenner and Travis got it back together? Like, do we really give a fuck? 
I guess they are kind of like, I feel like they're the litmus test for couples that are very intensely on again, off again. Maybe like live together, break up, have a kid or two, break up, own a couple pets together, break up. Like if they're together, then maybe <laughs> everyone else in those ki- in that kind of a relationship feels like legitimate or that they can make it work too. I feel like that's their kind of like function in society. Just me? Anyway, I read that they fellas like got together, that their relationship started at, in, at like Coachella. Has Coachella been cancelled yet? Travis Scott seems like a nice guy. I wonder if he realizes that he's in like a polyamorous relationship with Kylie Jenner and like about 12 liters of hyaluronic acid. I don't want to hate the Disney remakes. I really don't. But I mean, Camilla Cabello has not been in a movie before and this, you're gonna put her, you're gonna make her Cinderella? Really? Anyway, Miss Cabello is gonna take time off from sucking on the clit of professional thirst trap Shawn Mendes to star in Cinderella remake. Apparently this is like started filming. I first heard about this because I mean the headlines were that the fairy godmother is going to be genderless and I was like huh I don't hate it until I found out that it was going to be played that the fairy godmother fairy god person? The fairy godmother is going to be played by Billy Porter. If we want to aid the right in opening their eyes to the gender spectrum, Billy Porter playing the fairy go- playing the fairy godmother is just I, that's this is not it. So Adele Dazim is gonna be <laughs> Idina Menzel is gonna be playing the wicked stepmother. Money Driver is gonna be playing Queen Beatrice. No word on who the stepsisters are gonna be played by just yet. But I just I feel like if they're since. Camilla Cabello is going to be playing Cinderella. I feel like it'll be really... It'll be kind of racist. It would not be a cute look if the ugly stepsisters were white. I mean, there's Miss Cabello sitting around covered in, like, soot, cinders, the muddy footprints of talented vocalists trying to step their way over her. That was mean it didn't make sense, but I mean, I'm keeping it in. I mean, yeah, there's no release date yet, but I mean, I'd be much more... I mean, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I'd be a lot more excited. I mean, if Billy Porter's going to be playing the genderless fairy godmother, you can keep it. But I mean, why not a male Cinderella? I'd be here for a male Cinderella. It could be, like, played by Harry Styles. I mean, think about it. A male Cinderella. Harry Styles. Timothy Chalamet. A male Cinderella. A hot male Cinderella. A Cinderfella. If you're going to remix the Genesis, make it interesting. Last but not least, I may or may not be wearing black for the rest of the week and pouring one out to mourn the fact that Amanda Bynes, Amanda Bynes, beard to a generation of confused young boys, has ended her engagement to some nameless whoever the fuck. Look, I just want her to be happy. I know she got real weird for a while, real fucked up for a while, but I mean, she is our bitch. She is our girl. She went a bit far off the rails, but like not Raven Simone far off. We still we still kind of stand. We cautiously stand. We cautiously continue to stand. Amanda Bynes announced her engagement. Or was engaged to be married as of around or on Valentine's Day this year. And it actually does kind of make me a little sad that I mean 
they've called it off. I mean, I don't even know who she was like engaged to, but I mean, like, I just wanted to be happy, you know. Amanda Bynes, like the star, is was is like emblematic of a bygone era. I feel like she was. I mean, you're just never gonna get another Amanda Bynes. You're just not going to. I mean, in 2020, how can you build a career on like DVD rentals, reruns? on family-friendly TV channels between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Like, <laughs> that was the firm foundation on which she built a career. You know it's true. <laughs> Unless you think Sydney White would pop off in 2020. Like, I read about this and I was like, oh. And then I really started to think about it and I was like, and then it all, like, came rushing back to me. Do you remember when she tweeted that she wanted Drake to murder her vagina. She was throwing like a bong out of a window. She went to court in that stringy Halloween party store wig with the bangs covering her eyes. And then she was randomly dating like Kid Cudi. This has been a weird fucking decade. This has been a weird decade. But like, I don't know. I guess I'm like, I guess I've been rooting for her because when she did kind of get it together, she went to like fashion school for a while and then dropped out. But then when she spoke about that really like fucked up from the outside looking in period in her life. She didn't blame it on like mental illness. She was like, no, it was substance abuse, which I was just like, you know what? If we could see more of that, that would be great. Just like if you get high, if you just, if you got really fucked up for a while, that's fine. Don't blame mental illness. Like that would have been, I guess, like an easy way, easy kind of like sympathetic way out. I don't know. It was like honest that she didn't do that. And I like that in my washed up celebrities. I really respect it. So yeah, I don't think she's tweeted about Drake in a while, but I do hope that she finds another homicidal penis to thirst over. Everyone needs one. And I mean, if you grew up during the time that Amanda Bynes was like at her peak, I feel like being one of those people, it's like your tween self just, if she's okay, your tween self can rest in peace knowing that like if our stars from that period in our lives are okay and like living well then we can look back on that time fondly <laughs> all right sis from the bottom of my uh, from the bottom of my heart amanda i hope you the tween tara reed you both of your cheeks are well mentally find i hope you find <laughs> i hope you have luck in love and i hope I finally figure out what the gay version of Murder My Vagina would be. I, <laughs> I just know there's something there. The best I can do right now is break into this bussy and I feel like I could do better. <laughs> Murder My Vagina. Break into this bussy. I don't know, I'll work on it. Anyway, as far as I'm concerned, that's, when that's what's in the news this week. Let's take a whole entire break. Okay, we're back and it's time for the diatribe portion of the program. Asking for what you want is always, I don't know, it comes across as a power move a lot of the time. Like, I guess if you're negotiating a salary or telling your significant other way you want to go for dinner. Like, I feel like it says something about your confidence. If Not even if you ask for what you want, but if you just state what you would prefer as something that just is. Like, this is what I want, 
you're entitled to your feelings and I'm ready to listen to them, but this is what I would like. Full stop. I don't want to turn this into a whole, like, Chimamanda, we teach girls to shrink themselves. <laughs> like, the reason I don't want to take that angle is because I don't know if it's too much of, I mean, I can't speak as a woman, but I think it comes naturally to most people, at least, especially when you're younger and, like, you haven't really come out of your shell. It's just, the thing you do naturally is you diminish yourself. There's a lot of rhetoric about, you know, stop apologizing all of the time. Speak up in a meeting. Express how you feel. I think it's safe to say that that doesn't come naturally to most people. And I think it's not because, I don't think it's because of a fear. I think there's this kind of, I feel like there's this desire to not impose. And I don't think it's too important who or what you impose upon. But I feel like there's a level of uncomfortability with allowing yourself to, in any way, introduce your feelings as a factor. And I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean like being a martyr. I'm just, and this is a little difficult to talk about generally, but I mean that that tendency, that thinking of, can I have this work out comfortably and also not have to express myself? And I don't want to turn this into like online therapy, but then I mean, then again, with what this quarantine, self-quarantine is doing to me, I don't know why I'm hesitating. (laughs) You're a factor. You exist. You are legitimate. Not just as like a human being taking up space. Not just like you're equal to the person next to you. Whatever situation you find yourself in. Whatever occurs to you as a human being on this earth. As the level best thought that you have. As what you have as a person to contribute. That is valid enough. That is worth on its own merit. That is worth sharing. And I don't mean to say like every question, there's no such thing as a stupid question, but I feel like you, I don't feel like, I feel like I personally, I feel like there is a hesitation in sharing your perspective. And I just, you know, I wonder what the root of it is. Would you matter as much if you were never the sort of squeaky wheel? If you want the squeaky wheel, would you still get the oil or the grease? I feel like that's a question that everyone kind of has. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it's a question that I have, I guess, I suppose. And I can't imagine that it's something that just doesn't, is not part of anyone else's human experience. Does that make sense? You don't need to understand how the mechanics of, like, our universe works to draw a line in the sand and, like, clear your throat and say a thing. Express a thought or a preference or, like, lean in. I mean, like, millennials are always joking about dying and, like, staying alone and, like, not wanting to socialize and just, you know, we're about to die, fam. Oh, gosh. I mean, you know the memes. And I'm not saying, like, oh, this is a generation that just, like, catastrophizes and can never, like, find the silver lining. But I feel like it comes very naturally to say that, like, nothing matters or it's never going to work out or, you know, you can't win. I feel like we know how to go there very quickly. Very quickly. But we, or maybe I, just don't push hard enough at saying, I mean, like, maybe you say, this is how I feel, or this is what I think. You try that once, twice, and then it doesn't work out. And you're like, well, see, I tried expressing myself. It didn't work. Or I got hurt, and nothing's worth it. If the thing is, if you're 
Don't feel confident if you don't feel big enough to express yourself. It's because what you are, the conversation that you are afraid to add yourself to, you perceive it to be bigger than yourself. So of course you're going to come up against resistance. I guess everyone knows what it's like to like try and open up to someone and have it not go their way. But I mean, obviously it's not going to go your way the first time. Why would it go your way the first time? Like expressing yourself or learning how to negotiate a space for yourself within the spheres that of life that you exist. Like that's not going to be easy, but I mean, it should be something that you feel valid in pursuing. You should feel like getting people to recognize your perspective is valid. You should feel like you have something to say. At, you should feel like what you have to say is valid. You should feel like you deserve attention. Not in like a narcissistic way, but I mean, as a human being, you have a perspective, you have a perspective and you have something to offer. I don't know. I just wish it was a little easier to accept the present, like your temporality at every at any given moment. Accept it for what it is and see you see expressing yourself as sort of two dimensional. Either you can express yourself and have that go somewhere. Or you can keep it to yourself, never develop a thought, never put gas into that perspective, and just have it sort of like die and just leave you with like a growing malaise. Like you deserve to exist. You des- you are entitled to an opinion. Something that kind of ties this together for me and part of what makes me want to put it in the episode this week is that <sighs> this post I saw somewhere about agreeing to keep the peace Trying to keep the peace is a trauma response. You're making yourself uncomfortable, and to what end? I don't have the answer to that question, but I mean, the next time you're trying to keep the peace, ask yourself what you're trying to... Ask yourself who you're really keeping happy, and what you're losing by doing it. Ask yourself if your motives are decent, and if they are, what reason could you really ever have ever to not express yourself? I'm not saying never keep the peace. I'm not saying never accommodate someone else. What I am saying, someone else's peace should not come at the expense of yours. And if it ever does, the process of like, <clears throat> the process of like negotiating some sort of like easement or comfortable space is always something, prove me wrong, but I mean like, is always something worth pursuing. Bernie Sanders said, healthcare is a human right. And I'm saying, it may be uncomfortable to say what you want, But saying what you want, exploring what you would prefer with whoever the other party or parties are is part of the peacekeeping process. If someone has come halfway, you are not pushing them back by doing the same. You cannot find your peace in someone else. You can find your peace with someone else. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of this podcast. That's a wrap. I was thinking of ending the show with like recommendations every week because I've always like a few always occur to me every week. But then when it comes to recording, I never really remember any. And I always forget to like, I don't know, jot them down. But I mean, if you're in self-quarantine, watching Pete Davidson special is not like the worst thing to do. Pete Davidson, I mean, if you're into stand up, Pete Davidson, Michelle Wolf, and Taylor Tomlinson, 10 out of 10 would recommend their stand up specials on Netflix. I would like to dedicate this episode to Google. Um, Google sent me a <laughs> Google Home speaker last year, just for, I guess for just because, which was a nice thing. But I would like to dedicate this episode to them because 
even though I got the speaker last year, having installed it in the new apartment today, being able to talk to even a robot, even to Google Assistant and have it speak back, is doing something for my mental health. So Google, this episode goes out to you. I don't care if you're selling me ads based on what I just purchased at the convenience store at one in the morning. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify. Or you can find the show on... Or feel free to check out the landing page for the show, which is diatribe.costos.com, diatribe.castos.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at infinitecaleb, spelled like it sounds, if you want to check those out. I'll be back next Tuesday for another episode. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next week. I don't know, the more time passes, the more problematic I feel doing that impression. We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to them, you can have a... You can have a... I'm going to get cancelled.